Ecclesiastes, and it's chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. There is a season for everything, and a time for every matter under the heavens, a time for giving birth, and a time for dying, a time for planting, and a time for uprooting what was planted, a time for killing, and a time for healing, a time for tearing down, and a time for building up, a time for crying, and a time for laughing, a time for mourning, and a time for dancing, a time for throwing stones, and a time for gathering stones, a time for embracing, and a time for avoiding embraces, a time for searching, and a time for losing, a time for keeping, and a time for throwing away, a time for tearing, and a time for repairing, a time for keeping silent, and a time for speaking, a time for loving, and a time for hating, a time for war, and a time for peace. This is the word of the Lord. Will you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, as your word has been read and as it is proclaimed, we ask that you would unstop our ears and open our hearts and minds to receive your words today. Use my words or speak in spite of my words, but God, we await a word from you. And may the words of my mouth, may the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Today is the last of our series of real family issues. You've got it figured out. It's about balance today. Um, And we have some sermon helps there on the back in your bulletin that hopefully these have been helpful to you as the series has gone through. If there are any things that you want to read a little extra on, we've been trying, I've been trying to give you some of those sort of helps. Um, And so once again, there are those this week. You'll also notice in your bulletin that next week we begin a new three-week series called Can We Talk (laughs) about the hot-button issues um, that sometimes can divide us. And so we'll be talking about ways to to sort of help with that. So I hope you'll join us again for the next three weeks. But today is indeed about balance. And so I I want you to have this this image. Imagine with me, if you will, a a tightrope walker at the circus. So his job is to start on one end of this high wire and to make it to the other end. But not only is he on the high wire and holding his bar to sort of keep him stabilized, but on his shoulders rests a chair. And on the chair is a young woman. And on the young woman's forehead is a pole, and on top of the pole is a plate. (laughs) And so the tightrope walker needs to walk, and before he can even take a step, he needs to make sure that all is in balance. And as he makes his way down the tightrope, if at any point something begins to get out of balance, he needs to stop, make sure it's balanced again before he moves on. I think that's such a good image often for the living out of our lives that that we need a sense of balance that we too can be like this person on the tightrope walker and, and trying to make it through life, keeping in balance all those things that we treasure or that we want to do or that we feel like we need to do or have to do, keeping family and friends and work and, oh my goodness, all those things somehow in balance. And, and we do pretty well as long as they stay in balance. 
But when a crisis happens or we lose a job or, or anything happens to get us unbalanced, um, we have to stop and draw on the resources that we have in order to get back in to balance. Now, we also know that balance looks different at our various stages of life. We talked about stages of family life last week, but, but in the various stages of life, balance looks different. It looks different for a young person who is leaving home and either going into the workforce or going into college and for the first time sort of has to balance their entire schedule all by themselves. It looks different for that person or a family with young children and trying to balance, you know, things like sleep and the needs of the child or a sick child, those kind of things that happen when you have that age. Balance looks different when you're mid-career, when you're late career, when you're retired. It looks different in your life, but at all stages and parts of our lives, one of the things that is helpful is to have balance. So there's kind of three messages in today's um, message and so what I want to I'm doing the whole tell you what I'm going to tell you tell you and then tell you what I told you that's the little methodology this morning so what I'm going to be telling you is uh, balance depends on deciding what we want really a sense of intentionality uh, and then we're going to we're going to talk about uh, making time to listen to God and then finally to take joy in the journey that is our life and so th those are the, the parts of that. And so the first thing that we want to think about is what is it that you want really? The, the message is told, the story is told in Luke's gospel of Jesus and his disciples walking alongside a road. And, and there are crowds on both sides of the road wanting to catch a glimpse of this man who is becoming well-known for his healing and for his message and his authority. Um, and people want to get close to him. And standing on the side of the road is a man who is a blind, who's been blind from birth and is a beggar. The blind beggar is there on the side of the road, and he is making quite a ruckus, calling, you know, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus of Nazareth, son of David, have mercy on me. And people are shushing him um, like one of our little ones was trying to do this morning to this person next to him was trying to shush him. But they were trying to shush him, and he wouldn't be shushed. He yelled out even louder, you know, son of David, have mercy on me. And as Jesus and his disciples got closer, Jesus stopped, and he turned to the man, and he said, what do you want me to do for you? Well, the man said, I, I want to see. And Jesus gave him his sight. But I want you to imagine that that's the question that Jesus is asking you today. What is it that you want me to do for you? In your life, what is it that you really want? Is it success in a career? Is it raising, you know, healthy, semi-well-balanced children? Is it, what, it, what is it that you are about really? Because we need to get clear about what do we want really? Because it involves an honest assessment of our lives. You've heard the saying, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there, right? And so we want a sense of intentionality as we seek to, to live our lives with intention, knowing what it is that we value. Because it, 
as we have intentionality, that will help us to have the discipline to look carefully at our lives and to look at what is good in our lives that we may need to set aside in order to get to what is great, right? What do we want really? It is, a, it is a lot of competing values. And the definition of discipline is simply to remember what you want. That means you got to trim off some of those things that do not bring your life value in order to pursue those things that do give your life value. Intentionality also means that we got to watch out for those time stealers. You know what I'm talking about. It's sitting there looking at social media and suddenly time has just flown by. Or watching YouTube and it's the 1,000th cat video in a row. Those things that can just steal our time. Or maybe it's watching TV and you're not even interested in what's going on, but you just find yourself sort of mindlessly sitting there. Those things that can steal our time. Intentionality also means paying attention to your own health. Paying attention are you getting enough sleep? Are you eating a diet that is well-balanced and will help you to be healthy? Are you doing the things that your doctor said you ought to be doing? Do you get the level of activity that you ought to? Back when I was um, uh, an associate pastor at A&M Methodist in College Station, I worked with a, a man who was a retired journalist, and he taught me the value of white space. White space. You see, when you go to read something, your bulletin's a great example, the, the only way you can read what's in black is because it's surrounded by white space, right? The white space is critical, and the more important the message, the more white space you put around it, right? Because it draws your eyes to that. In our own lives, that white space is called margins, we learn to live our lives with some margins because if we are so full up with everything that we are trying to balance and when, not if, but when, that thing that unbalances us, that crisis, that illness, that relationship, whatever it is, happens, we are really thrown for a loop. If we have margins in our lives um, that gives us that time to not have to just be constantly on the go, those are so critical relationships. Being intentional about our relationships. You know as well as I know that we all have folks in our lives whose very presence brings us life. They are folks that we are, it is a joy to be around. We feel nourished uh, when we are around them, um, and they are so helpful. And we have folks in our lives that aren't that. <laughs> folks, that are more draining of our time and our lives and our energy. Um, those folks, um, and so the, I have a plaque in my office that says, water the seeds, pull the weeds. <laughs> I, I had that plaque back again when I was at A&M Methodist and we did lots and lots of weddings and so I did a lot of premarital counseling and so I had it as an object lesson for, for couples to think about in your relationship, what are those things that nourish the relationship? Water them. Make sure you attend to them. Time together, fun together, talking together, intimacy, those kind of things. Water those seeds so that they will grow. And then what are those things in your relationship that damage it, that are like thorns, that pull you apart, that, um, that, are, that are always sources of contention? 
then pull those weeds. But it works for not just relationships. It works in our life as well. What are those things that are life-giving? Water them, invest in them, that help you to achieve what you consider your purpose in life. Those things or those people that pull you away from that. You know, you can't, you can't snip off everybody in your life that is life-draining because, you know, you're related to some of them. Um, however, you want to make sure that you are spending enough time with those that are really life-giving, um, that, that you have the energy to deal with those that are less than life-giving. Then we want to also, besides being intentional, it's important for balance that we learn how to listen for God, to develop our spiritual life. God is forever reaching out to us, whispering to us, nudging us. We're promised we have the Holy Spirit living within us when we are followers of Christ. It is God's desire to speak to us, but we have to make the time and train ourselves to hear that. That is developing your ability to have meaningful prayer life, to be in worship, to be in small groups, to, to read those devotional books that help you to, to find that that voice of God speaking, to read through Scripture. Um, if we can have an usher over there, please, that would be most helpful. And everybody else can keep your eyes up here, please. Um, we need to develop that ability to get closer to God. Um, we're going to pause just for a moment of prayer. Holy God, Lord, we just lift up our brother Tom to you right now that you would cover him in your arms of healing and of help, that, Lord, you will um, be with him, that he will sense your nearness and that you will cause health and healing in his life. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. As we work on our relationship with God, Sabbath, that Leanne talked to the children about, that is a big part of that. We need to create those margins by having this time of Sabbath. Also, as we think about being attached to God, one of the scriptures that I love the best is John's Gospel, chapter 15, the story of the vine and the branches, right? Where Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. You can't do anything unless you're attached to me. It's such a beautiful image, I think, for that. We also, when we are feeling unbalanced, can also feel like we are all alone, that we are the only ones going through this really difficult time, and we need to find that assurance that, in fact, we are not alone. In Romans 8, 35, Paul asks the question, who will separate us from Christ's love? Will we be separated by trouble or distress or harassment or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And in verse 38, he answers, no, nothing can separate us from the love of God found in Christ Jesus our Lord. As we find ways to pay more attention to God, one of the other ways that is helpful to me is what I call those three-by-five scriptures. I call them three-by-five scriptures because um, at least in the before time, I hand-wrote those out on a, on a three-by-five index card. You can keep it in your pocket, in your purse, put it on your visor, on your mirror, Verses that help me remember when I'm going through a difficult time that we are not alone, that I am not alone, and that God is near. 
some of those three by five verses for me are, are the different verses of Psalm 139 where the psalmist asks, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? And, and the answer is nowhere, that God is always with me. Or the verses in Psalm 139 that remind me that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. There's Jeremiah 29:11 that reminds us that God plans for us a hope and a future. And in Philippians 4:11, the admonition not to worry, but in everything, give thanks to God. The final point that I want to make for us, um, which is a difficult point to make at this very moment, <laughs> is to take joy in the journey. To take joy in the journey. Oswald Chambers wrote, God is not after perfecting me to be a specimen in his showroom. He's getting me to the place where he can use me. I love that. Our life is a journey, and it's not about being made perfect by God so he can show us off. It's about being able to be used by God. Um, we also want to find times to laugh. Again, a hard topic at this moment, but our life is a journey, and we need to learn how to laugh, and particularly laugh at ourselves. Um, we are going to make foibles, and if we take ourselves too, too seriously, um, it is, it, you miss the joy that is in the journey. Um, remember that everything is in a season, and that whatever season that you find yourself in at this moment, that season will change. Um, you will trade it in for a different season of your life, and that it is a journey, and that every single day when you wake up, you're granted another 24 hours and that you can wake up and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. We can choose to face our life's journeys with joy indeed. And so we want to remember as we think about families and, and balance and the issues of balance in our own lives, that we want to ask ourselves that question, what do you want really to be intentional about that. We want to remember to make time to listen for God, and we want to remember to take joy in the journey. What better way uh, to be reminded of all of those things than through the great theologian, Dr. Seuss. So I want to quote just a bit of Dr. Seuss. He reminds us that you have brains in your head and feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own, and you know what you know, and you are the guy who will decide where you go. Oh, the places you'll go, there is fun to be done. There are points to be scored. There are games to be won, and the magical things you can do with that ball will make you the winningest winner of all. Fame. You'll be as famous as famous can be and the whole world watching you on TV, except when they don't, because sometimes they won't. I'm afraid that sometimes you'll play lonely games too, games you can't win because you'll play against you all alone. Whether you like it or not, alone will be something you'll be quite a lot. And when you're alone, there's a very good chance you'll meet things that scare you right out of your pants. Be sure when you step, step with care and great tact, and remember, 
that life's a great balancing act. Never forget to be dexterous and deft and never mix up your right foot with your left. And will you succeed? Yes, you will succeed. 98 and three-fourths percent guaranteed. Dr. Seuss reminds us to have joy in the journey and to keep a sense of perspective. Let us pray. Gracious and holy God, Lord, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for this journey. We give you thanks that you never leave us. We ask once again, Lord, that your presence will be with Brother Tom, that, Lord, you will um, cause healing and health in his life, and that, Lord, you'll be with each person here today, that as we go through the different phases of our life and stages of our life, that, God, you will be with us indeed. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.